Welcome aboard the flight attendant podcast. The seatbelt sign is on. It's going to be a rough ride. Fantastic. How you been since the last time I saw you? you like last week? <laughs> Great. <laughs> I mean, well, I was going to my recurrent that day. Mm. I passed. Yay. Heck yeah, you did. High five. Each sentence you can anything you want. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so how do you feel after you recorded that last episode with me? That was fun. It was a lot less like low pressure than I expected it to be. Okay. Arms, you know. Arms. Yeah. This time we're... Yeah, it's Flight Chilling Podcast Happy Hour. Right. I made some... <laughs> <laughs> we can't call this a mojito. A grapefruit? I made a grapefruit. <laughs> My God. It does look like a grapefruit. Yeah, it's weird. Not gonna lie, but it's doing the trick. I mean, it is what it is, right? Alright, so uh, we're gonna get into some news, and then we can go into our topic. Sweet. So this is from July 5th from businesswire.com. CUPE, Canada's Flight Attendant Union, condemns abuse against airline workers amid airport, airport chaos. Word. I know, right? This is from Cooper, British Columbia. So a statement from Weasley Lasowski, president of CUPE's airline division, and Rena Kispalvi, secretary treasurer of CUPE's airline division, as leaders in Canada, oh, sorry. As leaders, I know, right? We're starting early. As, <laughs> as leaders in Canada's flight attendant union, we strongly condemn the mounting verbal and physical abuse against flight attendants and other airline and other airline workers as chaos grips airports across Canada. We are appalled and deeply disturbed by growing, the growing reports across Canada about abuse against our members ranging from verbal insults to grabbing, punching, and kicking, and more. I feel like you rarely get to hear from other countries. I was just going to say that. Like, I feel like this has been our norm since COVID, and, like, we're so used to it, but also our country handled things so differently. Right. So they're, like, cashing up now, in a sense. Like, it's not good that it happens to anyone, obviously, but, like, it makes you feel less alone, I guess. Like, it's somehow comforting. They kind of understand. Right. We acknowledge the frustrations of passengers when they experience delays and cancellations because as flight attendants, those things disrupt and make our lives harder too. And we are experiencing them every single day. However, there is no excuse for the abuse our members are enduring and there is no excuse for indication on the part of the federal government and employees. Oh, nope, that's not what I meant. That's not what I said. And there's no excuse for inaction on the part of the federal government and employees. That makes more sense. Got it. Okay. Both federal government and airline employees must also step up to protect the safety of our members and their employees. And they must also improve staffing and working conditions to alleviate the extraordinary bottlenecks at Canadian airports. 
have you seen this is not pertaining to Canada, but have you seen like that one video going around on Facebook that has that super long ass line in I think it's Amsterdam? Like oh yeah. Yeah. It's insane. I mean everybody I feel like the US Was it Amsterdam or Tenerife? No, it well, I mean I the one I saw was in in uh, Amsterdam. Okay. So we are literally by the airport, so you may hear some airplanes landing here and there. <laughs> it's called a theme. A theme. Go yeah. with it. <laughs> yeah, so it's it was so, like, the line to get into yeah. the airport was so long. It was insane. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that one of them was actually, one of the airports was telling passengers they couldn't come to the airport more than, like, four hours before I did see that. Um. I'll be real honest, in reference to the article that we were just talking about, like, it feels like no one has our back when it comes to that. Like, it was saying the federal government and also the airlines, like, literally no one cares. We are 100% on our own, unless it makes the news, and then someone cares. Are you part of that one um, female traveler group on Facebook? So, I don't know if you saw, that was, like, this one flight attendant posted anonymously because of our very strict you know, media, right. social media policies that, um, you know, they shouldn't be, like, essentially what this, you know, what the article is saying, that passengers and customers should just be kind of patient with us because we're, we're just as yeah. essentially lost as they are. And one of, one of the commenters said, it's like, well, you have to understand that, like, what we're going through. And it's like, no, we get it. You like, we're literally doing the same thing as you right now. And the thing is, like, it's like we're here because you want to go somewhere. Right. And then they're like, well, if you don't like this job, quit. And it's like, okay, well, that's just going to promote more understaffment across all airlines. Right. Not just the one. Last month I worked uh, Lauderdale, Chicago, and it was a big old messy mess. We left the gate, sat out on the tarmac for weather, got a new route, didn't have enough fuel, so had to go back to the gate to fuel up. While we're at the gate, they all start getting text messages that the flight's canceled. We have no idea what's going on, as usual. Um, the gate said, we're not canceled. We close up. We push back again. Okay, whatever. Go back out. Sit for a little bit more. Finally start our flight. It was blocked at 4 and a half, 4.45. And then we sat in Chicago waiting for a gate for two more hours. Oh, my God. When we got there, by the end, the block was like six and a half. For Lauderdale, Chicago, and I was mid-cabin, and um, when we finally got a gate, I had to ask one of the guys in my exit row to stand up and, like, block the aisle because there was this guy a few rows back getting mouthy, so I had to go disarm my door on the other side, and I literally was like, can you just stand there until I'm back in my seat? (laughs) Like... It was unreal. And then I walked out of the terminal and this other man stopped me. He was like, excuse me. And I was ready to like Like fight at this point. I'm like, what? And he's like, I just wanted to say, I'm really sorry for how those people acted. Like that wasn't your fault and that's not okay. I was like, thank you. I appreciate it. Like, (laughs) I know it was awful. It's, it's like very far and few between from like when people, um, you know, they understand what we're going through. Yeah. I feel like more people are kind of understanding there's maybe mm. one or two Karens for every like five passengers. Yeah. But it's still a lot of Karens. The, and the Karens are just so loud. That's the problem. Like the people that get it don't say anything. Right. 
which is fine because I'd rather not talk to you. So that's great. Understand and be quiet. But like, that's not the people that you have to deal with. Right. So you don't have to make that stop after my recurrent um, up in Atlanta. Yeah. So I spent a couple of hours kind of like deciding what seats I wanted. Right. (laughs) Hours? Yes, hours. There's those, it goes a lot. Like, I have a particular seat that I like on every aircraft. Okay. And especially if I'm flying back into base, I want to see the skyline. Yeah. Right? So, you, it's normally aircraft left. Right. And if I can't have the one that I truly want, which is all the way in the front, um, I will take the seat in front of the exit row because no one's going to kick me. There's no kids behind me, so no one's kicking my seat. Mm-hmm. Um, then, also, it doesn't recline. Mm-hmm. So, like, I, you know, I like being, you know, I like to sit up, sit up straight. And, if, I mean, if I can have the, the exit row, I'll take it, because then the person in front of me can't recline. Right. right. But, you know, I digress. So, finally, had my seat picked, aircraft left in front of the exit row. It was open. Got it. Check in for my flight. Everything is cool. I get on the plane and there's like a kid sitting there. And then I was like, oh, excuse me, like that's my seat. And the mom goes like, oh, well, don't you want to sit over here and like in the aisle seat across on the other side in an aircraft, right? And no. Like, no, I'm actually. Like, Thank you. And then she was like, okay. I'm like, I'm sorry. She's like, no, you don't have to be sorry. I'm like, I know, but you know. Well, you weren't sorry, also. I wasn't, I wasn't sorry. No. Like, but. I was like, and I, was, I was telling a couple of people, I was like, it is not my fault that you did not plan right. your seat properly because, so her husband or her partner was across the aisle where she wanted me to sit. But I picked a window seat because I wanted also to take a nap. Right. I had a very, like, long couple of days. Yeah. And all I wanted to do was snooze out. So. Mm. Yeah. Never change your seats for people unless it's a better seat. And the aisle, it was not another seat for me. No. It was not. Same with airplanes. There were a couple people today that, like, switched around for families, and I didn't have to get involved at all, and it was great. I just watched it happen, and I was like, why can't they all be this easy? Today was pretty, like, for you and me, because we were either <laughs> end of the... Galley queens. <laughs> um, I really didn't have to do much. No. Nothing at all. And they're really good, good people in the middle. Yeah. All right. You ready for the next one? I'm ready. So let's talk about flight cancellations and delays during 4th of July. So this is from CBS News. As flight cancellations and delays pile up. Also, (laughs) before I continue, I promise to read all the articles properly today. Are you sure? (laughs) We'll see. Okay. On the 4th of June. (laughs) (laughs) Or, you know, 90 seconds. 60 seconds. seconds. (laughs) As flight cancellations and delays pile up, airlines may not be back on track until Labor Day. So it was a tough holiday weekend as airlines canceled 1,200 flights on Friday, another 1,200 on Saturday, and about 325 on Sunday and Monday, July 4th, respectively. Delayed flights are also in the thousands, with ground stops all... All traffic halted at airports like Denver, Miami, Atlanta, Newark, and Minneapolis, and travelers weren't delayed just by the airlines or in on the tarmac, but by many passenger security checkpoints at U.S. airports. 
overseas, major delays and cancellations occurred at airports like Lisbon, Frankfurt, Dublin, and Amsterdam. The situation in Amsterdam was so serious, the Netherlands issued an unprecedented order telling airlines to suspend selling tickets, <gasps> any more tickets Did between now and the end of July. Didn't Isn't the UK doing that too now? Um, I haven't seen... Okay, maybe it was Amsterdam that I saw. I could be mixing but stories. I mean, I mean, it could be... No, no, you're right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah the um, yeah, the UK, I think it limited it to 100,000 passengers. Yeah. From now to like... September or, or something. something like that, yeah. Um, so that almost, immediate, that almost immediately drove up the price of airfares, which are now sky high. <laughs> on many trips within Europe, the train is rapidly becoming a very attractive option. Delays and cancellations are likely to continue as airlines can't either find workers or if they do, train replace staff enough. The general rule for, del- for delays and cancellations is that for every 12 hours there's a scheduled disruption it takes about 36 hours to get the crews back on schedule and planes back into sequence. I wish that was like a more commonly known fact yes. because like in April, when we got, pardon my French, so fucked and like we could not catch up and there wasn't anything that we could do about it and like everybody was trashing it like it was our decision, you know what I mean? And it's like, you, you doesn't work that way. Right. So but this time the airlines are not dealing with one single accident. In- <laughs> one single incident. I'll read it right this time. <laughs> Like weather, it's a recurring problem due to staff shortages and overscheduled airlines. And the thing is that a lot of a lot of airlines, both in the states and well, all across the world, they were given relief by the, by their government. Yeah. So they thought that once COVID, quote unquote, ended. Yeah, like they tried to jump back in it way too fast. And they grew too fast, added way too many routes. They didn't have enough. And we said that when it was happening. Like when they started announcing new routes, we're like, this isn't going to work. But you know, nobody listens to us. Nobody does. And then here we are. I mean, I don't have a business degree, but like I can tell. I work the line and I can tell you this isn't going to work. Exactly. Like you, you don't, like CEOs really should be working the line. And it's not even just the CEOs and that's the problem. It's all of upper management, so many of them have never worked a single, not even like a line, mm-hmm. a trip, like a four day trip. They have never worked a four day trip in their life. So they don't get it. Right. And that's how we end up in this shit show all the time. And it's like a cycle that repeats. It's exactly. awful. So airline schedules may not stabilize until after Labor Day when a combination of reduced demand and newly hired and trained airline employees begin <laughs> working, which is so stupid because. <laughs> We know that the holidays, so summer, and then the holidays in the winter, and then spring break are our busiest times. Always. Like, why didn't you think of this, like, hiring extra people? Because I know a lot of airlines are doing, like, relay training classes. Like, a a class starts every two weeks. Yeah. So they're having higher, you know, they're having graduations every two weeks, right? So, like, why didn't you start doing that earlier in the year as opposed to, like, mid-summer? Yeah. But also with hiring, like, the thing is, is because everyone is in such a staffing pickle, for lack of a better word, the criteria for being hired has 
substantially diminished. So the people that were getting out of training most and a lot of are not sticking. And a lot of airlines are literally hiring anything with a cold. Exactly. And like that's not functional. That doesn't help us in the long run. No. Because our retention rates are garbage. Right. And that's not just one airline that's it's all the airlines all of them. And, and then they just hop. And they just keep going from one airline exactly. to another. And it's like, first of all, you're not gaining any seniority. Right. Which is like the basis of our entire industry. And then secondly, like you're going through training after training after training, like you're broke. Like we Oh god, yeah. Unless you're in a training that pays you Which is few and far between. You you're like you're not gonna get see that paycheck until that like the good paycheck until at least the second month in. And if you're jumping And around, even that whole first year is right. still low. Right. Ugh. It's rough. Anyway. Back to the, Back the delays. To yes. Well that was it. So. Oh, okay. Well on the delays note, I felt really bad because um my little sister is 14 and she was dying to come up and visit and do like a sissy trip. And I was like, okay, great. This summer would be the perfect time. And like with everything that's happening, like I don't feel comfortable putting her as a UM on a flight, either up from back home or sending her back down by herself either. Because if it gets diverted because of weather, if she doesn't make like all of these things could go wrong. Thankfully from Chicago to where you guys live. Yeah. One direct but now there's only three a day there used to be like seven or nine so like your options are so much more limited so I tried to explain that to her and like I know that article mentioned trains being like a more popular thing and I was like could I put her on a train like I don't really know if I could literally the next day was the report of that Amtrak derailing oh yeah and I was like okay I guess I'm not putting her on a train (laughs) (laughs) shit sorry so we had to postpone it. And I feel so bad, but it's like this, everything is just so unstable right now. It's not yeah, great for anyone. You can't really plan anything. No. It's like the government. Yeah, right? I mean, we're just ignoring you for right now. <laughs> I had a friend text me yesterday asking about like Air Canada versus Lufthansa. And- Air Canada. Okay. So that I was like, I've literally, I had no bad experiences on Air Canada. All of my work friends never have problems on Air Canada and my friend was like I heard they've been having a lot of delays and I was like my dude that's literally everyone like you're not getting around that right. there's not at one, this time there's not one airline that's gonna I mean today thankfully knock on wood like it was smooth if you no jinx delay. us for tomorrow I swear to god we, I mean we have that three hours right and if it gets worse <laughs> yeah, don't say that um but you know like every airline has delays and we've always said that like, even before it got this bad, but it's never been this bad I either. Mean, especially in the summer because of the summer storms, the thunderstorms storms, yeah, and all that absolutely. stuff. Absolutely. And then in the winter because of the winter storms. Well, the other thing to consider with the summer storms in particular is the Florida Georgia corridor. Mm-hmm. ATC staffing is also an issue. Like, it's not even just the airlines, and like people as passengers don't get that. Did you see they closed their application? You should have Did applied. They? I don't want to go back to school. I really don't. Like, but it's pay training. Well, because we have start, a friend that... And they start you at 100000 I know. The pay is fantastic. Um, we have a friend that used to work with us that went ATC. And, like, I, you know, would, like, talk to her, like, while she was in her classes and stuff. And I was like, uh, I don't. True. I just, I don't. Yeah. The pay would be great, though. You know, it's a lot better than... So keep an eye if you're interested in a high-paying job. Mm-hmm. They pay for training, and they only open up the um, the 
notification process. I don't know. Put it in your Google alerts. alerts. ATC. And they, you have to be under 30, though. Like, 30 is the max. I didn't know that. Yeah. That's why it ain't fun. Is that, like, due to, like, an aging out thing? Like, it's because they invest so much in your training think, that they don't yeah. want you to retire too soon, basically? Right, essentially, yeah. Hmm. I mean, yeah, and I feel like, I feel like, what is it, 18 to 30? I'm sorry, but an 18-year-old air traffic controller terrifies me. Yeah. That sounds like a terrible plan. Just based on, like, science, like, your brain is not done developing until you're 26. Let's do 26 to 30. I know it's a small window, but, like, it feels safer. But, like, you know, let's see if you start at 18. They probably, I'm sure, like, they're not going to, it's going to be, I mean, you talked to our friend. Yeah. So, it was an extensive training. Yeah, and, I mean, like, she had to do all of her school stuff, like, before she technically even got an actual training date. Like, you have to have your aeronautical science stuff. But still, I don't know. I know. 18-year-olds, man. I mean, it was, it was pretty mature for, for... I mean, pretty mature in a work sense. Yeah. Definitely not in my... Life, life choices. choices. <laughs> we all have regrets. But I was always there for work. That's <laughs> what's important. I have four jobs at that point. Oof. Four jobs. Just where it is. And I still had no money. And look, we still have no money. <laughs> oh my gosh, what did I say yesterday? Or this, what's that? That was this morning. <laughs> a lifetime ago. Like, like, what? You aren't independently wealthy. <laughs> were you there this morning? Were you there when I said that? I think so, but I don't remember the context at all, but I remember you saying it. We were talking about, like, working and stuff, and, I, and they were like, I just don't understand how, like, people make money. I was like, what? You're not independently wealthy? <laughs> no. That was a lifetime ago. I'm not. <laughs> At least my hair isn't being printed anymore. <laughs> That's another story for another day. Arms. Arms. <laughs> I really like our jet engine background noise. Like, I hope that you can hear it on the podcast because it's a nice touch. Right. Okay, so this is from NBC Flagship Congo. Local um, news. Local news. Feds. Nudge Airlines. I know you're gonna have something to say and a lot to say about this one. <laughs> to let families sit together on planes. <laughs> read read the article, then we'll then we'll continue. So the agency said it will monitor. Airlines. Also, what agency? It just said the feds. Was that like DOT? Uh, yes. Okay. If you read it for the article. Name, Sorry, I'm really impatient. Okay, Uncle Pete, what you got to say? Let's go. <laughs> this is from July eighth. So the agency said it will monitor airlines starting November and might propose new regulations. The Transportation Department on Friday urged airlines to make it easier for families to sit together on planes at no extra charge. The department said in a notice to airlines that the carriers should, quote, do everything that they can to ensure the ability the ability of a young child, 13 or younger, to sit next to an older family member. The agency said it will monitor airlines starting in November and might propose new regulations. The trade group Airlines for America said carriers have always worked to accommodate customers who are traveling together, especially those traveling with children, and will continue to do so. The transportation department said it has received more than 500 complaints in the first, in the sorry, in the last five years about families unable to sit together. However, 
that is only about 1% of all complaints against airlines and is dwarfed by gripes about refunds and flight problems. (laughs) (laughs) Flying is a privilege, not a right, people. In 2016, Congress prodded airlines to let kids sit sit next to a family member at no extra charge. But the Trump administration, Transportation Department, did not draft the rules on the matter, and neither has the Biden administration. The department said on Friday that airlines could do several things to help relatives sit together, including assigning adjacent seats and booking or setting aside areas for families in the middle land. <laughs> Increasingly, airlines charge extra for desirable seats to sit to uh, desirable seats to boost revenue. The 2016 law does not require them to make seat assignments that would upgrade a passenger to a better cabin seat better cabin or seat if there's an extra charge for that seat. The department also said, I'm sorry, the department also issued a bill of rights for airline passengers with disabilities, a summary of existing laws that travelers can use as reference. Okay, so. Continue. So here's my thing. If they make this a regulated thing that families have to sit together, it would make my job so much easier. So from that point of view, I'm here for it. Mm-hmm. At the same time, under the current state of things, you have the option to pick your seats. Right. You have to pay for it, but you you have that option and you should have enough foresight to do that. Right. Also on the same note though, or on the other hand, really, right. it's not the same note. Um, I worked a flight a few years ago and there was like a traveling softball team and so, obviously, there were a lot of kids and parents. They weren't all next to each other. They were sitting with their friends, whatever. But I had an unrelated passenger start touching one of the minors oh, from the seat behind them. So, I am also very pro keep the family sitting together. Me too. It's, it's a... The thing hmm. is, the thing is, though, and I totally, I like, I'm, I'm so for keeping the families together because the last thing I want to do is to monitor someone else's child. Right. The parents have the ability to do it. To call the airline when they book their tickets mm. and say, This is a minor, I would like to be sitting next to them. The airlines will make sure that your seats are together and you don't have to pay anything extra for Ooh. it right now. Insider scoop, I didn't yeah. know. Yeah. Like you can call the airline and make that request because, and literally all you have to do is, first of all, if the seats aren't together just call the airline be like this is a minor i would like to be sitting and the other thing <sighs> okay there's like so much that's yeah. going in my brain right now. no i totally get it so that's one thing right call the airline is when you book your ticket i know i'm going i know i'm done with mine too <sighs> so that you can keep your family together secondly like check in as soon as you possibly can which is yeah. 24 hours prior to departure right that's when you can check in for your flight that will ensure that you keep your seats together. And thirdly, two adults do not need to be sitting together when they have three children. Have one parent with two kids, one parent with the other kid. Right. The parents do not need to be sitting next to each other. No. They already, I'm assuming, sleep in the same bed. They see each other every day. Like, you can... You're an adult. (laughs) You can withstand two and a half hours without sitting next to your adult. Right. It, the issue comes with the entitlement yes. when they get on and their seats aren't together and they expect us to fix it when we're trying to board an aircraft and get out on time. And mind you, those are the same people that have been sitting 
in the terminal right. at the gate for the past three hours. I'll give them like a half credit. I do know that a lot of times they go up and try to change their seats with the gate agent and they say, just tell the flight attendants, which is not their fault. It's just sucky and it happens. It happens. And it, you know, the thing is, it's fine. And a lot of, like we have been talking, this is recently, just recently. I will give them to them recently because we have had understaffing issues. The gate agents are by themselves sometimes and don't show up until the very last minute because right. they've been dealing with other stuff at other gates, other flights, right. the ticket counter, whatever. Yeah, the staffing's an issue all around. Right now. Before that, though, but the, on they, your own. Exactly. There was like before, before COVID, before the understaffing issues, before everything, there was no It excuse. was still a thing. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, the airlines have confirmation numbers exactly. so when you book it you all have the same confirmation number so exactly. it would not be difficult for them to not split confirmation numbers if you all end up in a quote-unquote like higher class there's going to be a charge sure whatever that's on you and if you want to waive that and not sit together that should be an option too like i mean I, you know whatever exactly it doesn't matter the but other, i would I've, love for it to not be my problem anymore yeah because it gets really messy i've been, I've been calling I've been calling the gate agents because it is not my problem. No. And then they're like, well, what do you need me for? I was like, this is your issue. Right. I have no accurate manifest. I have no idea where the open seats are. And I don't do your job. I don't get paid to do your job. That's on you. And like, I get it. They have a hard enough job. I understand. But so do I. But so do I. Like. <laughs> I have to evacuate these aircraft. And I'm monitoring for suspicious behavior. I am making sure that no one's intoxicated. I'm making sure that no one is bringing any suspicious items or prohibited items on the aircraft. I'm not dealing with seats. That's not especially when you don't get my main priority. The manifest, even when we do get a manifest, is not accurate. Exactly. And every time they've been trying to give them to us early, like before we start boarding, they change everything. But then not giving us one at the end. Right. And I bring it up every time, and they're like, "Oh, well, uh, usually we just print one, one." And I was like, "Okay, well, I'm gonna need one at the end, so it's accurate." And they're like, uh, okay, well, I guess we could bring another one. And then they never do. Ever. And again, so I'm real sick of that. Exactly. It just goes back to, like, the understaffing. They just don't care. And again. Once once it's off off, out of their gate. A lot of that stuff that we run into problems with is not specified in company policy. Right. And it's not specified in company policy because corporate management has never worked a day in their life. So they don't know that that needs to be specified. And, and if they did work a day in their life, it must have been a really long time ago. Yeah, no, nothing relevant, that's for sure. Okay, so let's take a quick break. We can finish making this drink. Cocktail break. Go get a drink. Enjoy yourselves. Okay. Hey, hey, hey. This is Matthew Thomas from Super Cool Radio, and you are listening to the Flight Attendant Podcast. <clears throat> so clear up. Great. Great. Yeah, great. I'll say everything right this time, she says. <laughs> Not like last week. Not like exactly. Um, CRM. So CRM, we- which is really important to me. I don't know, I feel like that's one of our like that's one of the major topics after turbulence that I like. Yeah. You know. If we have people that actually take their job seriously. Which is Most a big if. Sorry, not to freak anyone out, but... (laughs) So it's the relationship management, the process in which a business or other organizations administers its interaction with customers. Nope, that's not what we want. I was like, is that not airline specific? It is not. 
There's um, other CRM? Yeah, it's customer relationship management. Oh, no, we don't care about that. <laughs> Not that. We're just trying to keep them alive. We don't really care about the relationship. Ooh. Don't tell corporate. Okay, for resource management or cockpit resource management. It's not it's that. <laughs> <laughs> I promise it's not that. A set of training procedures for use in environments where human error can have devastating effects. <laughs> Sorry, what are you doing over there? It's the thing that I said was distracting. <laughs> Just Clearly it is. CRM is primarily used for improving aviation safety and focuses on interpersonal communications, leadership, and decision-making in aircraft cockpits. But it also bleeds into the cabin because oh, absolutely. we need to have a good communication between the cabin and the flight deck. And, and also like amongst the cabin. Exactly. I mean, and that happens not often. Today was great. But that's because it's you in the front and me in the back. <laughs> yeah. And that's why it's great. Right. But I've had people in the front when I've been in the middle or in the back where they just don't say anything. No. So um, D and I were flying together before. D1 or D3? No, like our friend D. Okay. Oh, okay. I th- <laughs> it's also the position. So I, I was like, wait. <laughs> okay, carry on. Got it. Caught up. <laughs> So D and I, we worked together before a whole pairing, right? And we came across some flight attendants who were just. I, I think he tried to like tell you the story today. I don't know. If, like, it just it was just too hectic. I think. When? So at the beginning of the year, we worked together. No, when did he try to tell me this? I think it was in the crew room or like in when we were like trying to board, and then the supervisor was there talking to us. Oh. Yeah, there was a lot. Yeah, there was just a lot going on. Oh, and the brief, we're like, we the had, briefing. Yeah, and then the captain? maintenance came on. It, yeah, there was. It was too okay. much. Anyway, I so, felt bad. I was like, wait, I didn't know he was trying to tell me something. No, no, it's not. So like, we flew together at the beginning of the year, and uh, we had this one flight attendant flying in the front. So <clears throat> we came on board early. We got to the airport early because he's like, I want to get some food. I was like, that's fine. I'm like, yeah, that's fine. Like, we'll go to the plane. Like, we'll, we'll go to the airport early. So we left like an earlier shuttle because he wanted to get food. Mm-hmm. So we went and got food. We got to the plane 20 minutes before our actual time to be there. Mm-hmm. And he was like, all right, I'm going to go to the back and eat. And I was like, all right, you go ahead. So the captain was one of our flight attendant's husbands. So I walk in. I was like, hey, how you been? You know, we know him and stuff. And so like yeah it's my birthday today I was like oh happy birthday and he's like yeah like I have a party I was like oh what like you didn't invite me and he's like no yeah you can yeah like come come over I was like well no because I have to do this turn you know like I can't right really. so the uh, the rest of the crew came on board they were all fine at first the gate agent comes down and she's like are you ready to board 20 minutes early still <laughs> and um or she, no, she said, will you be able to board in time? That's what she said. You, will you be able to board in time? And I was like, I'm ready to board on time. Captain goes like, actually, can we board early? I'm sorry, you are married to a flight attendant. Which, for the record, is very out of character for him. Like, he, like, that's not normally like him. And up until this point, I liked him. Yeah. But, like, this completely. Completely. No, it's disrespectful. Very. Like, you're married to a flight attendant. You know that we're not getting paid while we're boarding. Well, we and, like, I've worked with him, and he's very pro, yes. I have your back. Right. And to top it off, about 90%, we're not able to leave more than 10 minutes early. 
No, yeah, like due to ATC. Right, exactly. And so, that's a big if. Right, if. So, like, why am I going to be staring at passengers for 20 minutes? When I'm when still I not getting paid. Leave and I can't leave. Like, just close the, you know. So, I tell the flight attendant in front, I'm going to be your board on time. And then she goes, well, the captain. I was like, well, the captain. Is not required for boarding, period. Right. <laughs> like, he has nothing to do with so boarding. Like, so I will be ready to board on time. And I walked away. That's it. Like, I'm done. Which is not unreasonable. That's no. not putting a delay on so, anybody. That's not right. doing on anything. Right, on time. So she, she grabs the PA and she asks. She's like, hey, the captain wants to leave early. As I'm, like, walking towards the back to where the rest of the crew is. And so, mind you, this is a junior flight attendant. I have nothing against any flight attendant, but this will come in later, okay? Okay. So then I go to the back, and D is like, um... Because he's still eating, right? Yeah, he's still eating. Like, that's what the whole reason we came on early. He's like, what is she saying? I was like, oh, Captain wants to leave, wants to board early because he wants to get to his birthday party. That was essentially the reason why he wanted to leave early. And he was like, I'm still eating. I was like, well, you tell her you're not ready to board on until it's right time to go. So then he's like, I'm not ready to board. So she, they're like, okay, fine, whatever. You know, like pouty now. I sit down. The crew? Uh, the girl in the front and the captain. So I'm sitting in the back with D. He's eating. And, um, and then about two minutes before actual boarding time, she goes like, is B ready to board? me you know and it was like i'll be ready to board in two minutes on time like what part of that do you not understand mind you at this point like i'm literally just sitting and look watching at my phone right doing stuff because it's more about the principal at that point at this point yeah. because it would have been a completely different situation if the captain had come to you and been like hey my birthday party's tonight i would really love to make it home early with is there any way that you guys would be okay boarding Five to ten minutes early. The thing is, it's like he didn't even clear it with dispatch or ATC for us to be able to leave. Then there's that part. I'm willing to give it leeway, like, of if you have a conversation with me. Right. But just to be like, oh, we're boarding early? That's not your call. Um, So then then we start boarding. This girl calls the back to call D to call me. What? Mid-cabin to tell me that my row eight needs a seatbelt extension. Do you want to know where the seatbelt extensions were? In the front galley. With her. Right. What? Mind you, I was I was standing right by a phone. Right. Why didn't she just call me? Right. That's not what we call CRM. Or, not for nothing, but when someone comes on and tells you they need a seatbelt extension, you just say... Oh, I have that right here for you. Step over here. The only time I don't say that is when... And hand it to them. When I don't have one in front of me. Right. And I'm like, oh, where are you sitting? Let me bring it to you. Exactly. Yeah, no. CRM is really big for me personally. And I mean, like, communication is big for me as a human being. But... I mean, that's a big thing. How can I trust you in an evacuation? There are so many people that we work with that that I do not... Trust. trust for an evacuation at all. <laughs> I mean, not even a little bit. Exactly. You know, our friend just said, "He's like, I don't want to. Tr- I don't want to fly with anybody that I don't know." Literally, I don't. <laughs> it's, it's insane. Like, Especially now, and it wasn't always like this. It wasn't always. Like the thing is, like when I was new, I always asked questions, mm-hmm. and she and I, we just flew our my last trip together. 
this person that we had at V. Excuse me. I'm going to look. I have to burp. She, like, oh, <laughs> so I, have to, I have to tell you this. That was that was a me fault, okay? So. The um, two day? The two day, yeah. So we had, you know, she and I were texting the night before, and she goes, like, did you want to be in the front this time? And I was like, yeah, I guess I'll be in the front. And she goes, like, okay. I'm like, you can take a break. She's like, it's fine if you want me to be in the front. I'll, you know, I've been doing it or whatever. And I was like, no, it's fine. I'll do it. So we get, I get to the crew room, and she, I'm like signing in, and she goes, like, are you sure you want to be in the front? I was like, third person goes, like, well, I don't mind being in the front. No. We. I was like, oh no. <laughs> I didn't mean to sound like that, but that's the way that it came out. Just because I was like, oh no. <laughs> You're just being the crew crazy this week. Like, <laughs> Jesus. I'm like, so she didn't like me. <laughs> you don't say. And then um, our friend said, it's like, she gave me like a, she gave me the eyes of like, what? <laughs> <laughs> what? Like, look at her. You heard me. I said no. No. <laughs> but it's true. Like, I, I can't. I just can't. Like, I don't like flying up front personally because I, I have an anxiety issue and it's just everything being my responsibility when I don't have control over other people's actions, it doesn't go well. So I don't like it. However, when I am not flying in charge, and someone else that's incompetent is in that position, it is a shit show for the entire trip. It is. Every single time. I think there's only been one time that I've let somebody fly up front and it's gone somewhat smoothly. Yeah. But other than that, every single time that I've let somebody else be up front, I still have to deal with it from the back. Right. And I'm just like, I'm not, I'm not getting paid for this. Like, why? No. Might as well get paid that extra exactly. tiny sprinkle. I mean, it doesn't really yeah. make a difference. But, I mean, it, again, it's the principle. Right. No, CRM is a lot. And, like, it, it kind of, like, overflows into so many aspects. Like, whether it's a suspicious passenger, passenger or someone causing problems or, hey, by the way, like, there are so many different branches of it. Right. But it can change the entire higher vibe of a flight not only that like the pilots are especially at our base i know a lot of our pilots and i'm friends with a lot of our pilots mm-hmm. so i have that connection with them and where like our flight can go smooth and i'm joking with the pilots or like i'm communicating effectively with the pilots if somebody else is up there that doesn't have that connection with them you're not getting the same information it's not getting the same information like Today, our first captain was just like a mm. complete pervy perv, quintessential captain. But I will hit, give him this: that he brings the crew up for briefing. That yeah, that should happen point blank every yeah. time. That shouldn't be negotiable. That should, yeah. So like that, I like that one aspect of it. Yeah. Everything else, like, just throw the whole well, man away. Well, and like he called me in the back when they came out, and I was like, wow, like I've never had right. a captain call the back and be like, hey, are you guys good? And I thought it was a good thing, and then it's a D thing. was like, yeah, he said he thought you were quiet, so he called you, and I was like, 
No, no. Well, first of all, mm-hmm. he does he does call the back every time he comes out. Oh, okay. Well, that makes me feel a little bit he better. He does call the back every time he call, he comes out. Because when I've been in the back and he's been, mm-hmm. he calls me. But I'll but also I've flown with him many many times. And it's a regular pattern of yeah. behavior. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But also, like, he's just. He told Dee, I don't know if I told you, he was, Dee was like, it was a pleasure flying with you. And he was like, well, of course. I'm sorry, what? The pilot ego is really like the eighth wonder of the world. Truly. Yeah. I do not understand. I don't either. I mean, I get it. I don't understand it. Mm-mm. No. Did I tell you or did I tell Dee? what that pilot said coming onto the plane a couple weeks ago in Lauderdale. I think it might have been him. So I was flying with... um, Oh, my friend. Yeah, 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 your friend that you traveled with. And I had gotten to the plane. The plane was going to be sitting for like maybe 45 minutes. I got there pretty early. Um, But the gate agent let me down. The plane was off. Okay, whatever. They're trying to save gas. It's Florida. It got really hot really fast, especially with that front boarding door open. So I did all my checks, and then I was like, I'm going to dip to the back because it's probably cooler back there because the AC kind of stays contained until it doesn't. Mm -hmm. Um, So I went back there, and then I walked back up to the front to get like a water or something. And our pilots came on, and I was like, oh, thank goodness you're here. And he just kind of like stared at me, and I was like, you know, because it's really hot. Like, we got to get some air going. And he was like... Oh, I'm really hot. That's what all the girls tell me. Ew. It was disgusting. And I was like, I literally just stared at him and I walked away. <laughs> well, I had this one flight attendant tell me one time that um, that a pilot, like, wiggled. Like, you know, did the... Come, the come hither? Yes. Finger wave thing. And so she was, like, kind of... What? <laughs> what is this? So she, like, walked up and he said... If I can make you come with one finger, can you imagine what I can do with two? Not to be a drama queen, and actually, my therapist would be proud. I'm not a drama queen. I'd report that shit so fast. Like, that's like, one thing I don't play with. I, like, I do not. I'm like, excuse me? When she told me that, I was like, oh my god. Anyway. I don't know, like, the legitimacy of it, but it's true that, like, even on the ground, like, when we're not in flight, the black box is still recording, right? Yeah, but she, but this was in the cabin. Oh. It doesn't record in the cabin. I know there's a a light that like like somebody told me in recurrent one year like make sure that blue light's on so you can cover your own ass mm-hmm. you know where is it because I don't know there's one that I think I know what it is but I'm not convinced that that's right I can show you tomorrow okay cool great um but yeah it's just that was like, a tangent sorry yeah <laughs> anyway back to CRM <laughs> <laughs> but I mean but it, it is CRM it, is CRM. it, is <laughs> it all like, comes back. Well, the thing is, like you have to be able to trust it, it kind of ties in with the last episode of that occasion if you it ties in like if you don't trust your crew how are you supposed to first of all like, communicate properly and evacuate an aircraft should you need to mm-hmm. you know but and there's a lot of like like I said kind of branches of that like when you fly with people that technically are on your no fly list like when you're on reserve there's sometimes you can't avoid it whatever you kind of have to overcome those like personal issues in like for the sake of CR right and that gets kind of sticky sometimes but also not everyone has the same mentality towards CRM that you and I do I think oh yeah and also like there's people that I would definitely fly with but I would not necessarily 
hang out with outside of work. Oh, for sure. And I think that I am friends with people that I would hate to fly with. Oh, yeah. Because I'm one of those people that, like, hyper CRMs almost. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, like, I will report absolutely everything. everything. I don't care what you do with that information. Right. But I'm going to tell you. Right. So that we're all on the same page. Exactly. And that happened one time, actually, a couple years ago. I was flying with my roommate at the time and then someone much more senior. Mm-hmm. Um, and my roommate and I were in the back. She didn't know that we were roommates. Um, and I had told her, like, there's a tear in my life vest, whatever, this, this, and this. This is what I need fixed. And then I walked away. And I guess she had said to my roommate, like, why does she have such a stick up her ass? What? And I was like, and she told me, like, she's like, I don't know. I mean, I live with her and I think she's fine. <laughs> but, like, I don't care what you do with it after that. Right. I'm letting you know that this is the issue. Yeah, exactly. What you do with that is on you, not me. Because right. like, I've did, done my job exactly. now. Exactly. I did my job. The other day, I was, I think it was when I was playing with, with uh, Michelle's, that, so I called her. I was like, hey, the bulkhead in the back. So when we got on the plane, the crew that was leaving, they were like, oh, the bulkhead in the back is like a little loose. So we might have to like hold on to it. And I was like, I'm well, sorry, what? what? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I was like, well, that's not safe, right? No. So, so then, um, so then the other, like our third flight attendant was like, what is it? What, what, what is it? I, cause I, you know, I just said it in the, in the gate area, not thinking about it. So our third flight attendant goes like, what did you say? And I was like, I'll tell you on the jet. Right down now. there. Like, yeah, like, I don't want to have this conversation in public. Right. So we get down and I was like, he said, I don't know, like, they said something about you having to cradle the bulkhead. And I was like, I don't know what that's about, but let's go check it out. So when we got on the plane, maintenance was on. So they were taking care of it. They fixed it. Quotation marks. Right. Um... When we got to where we were going, when we landed, I don't know if it was, like, the impact of the plane on the ground. It, like, dislodged whatever maintenance did. And it, so it came loose again. So I called the front. I was like, hey. Um, so, like, the bulkhead came loose again. I did my job. I told her what was happening. Yeah. She told the captain. You know what the captain said? It's like, so did we see it now or did we see it in the air? That's always their answer. He's like... Maintenance here is contract, so we won't. It'll take it'll forever. Take and I was like, "Look, I did my job." That's one of my biggest pet peeves is when we report stuff to them and they want us to make the call. Mm-hmm. They don't pay me to make the call. They don't. They pay me to tell you exactly what the problem is, and you're then making, you make the call. You're making ten times more than I'm making an hour. Probably even more. So like you decide right. what you're doing with it, and it, they do that about the dumbest shit too. Like whether it's tarmac waters. Or whatever. They're like, well, what do you want to do? I'm like, it doesn't matter what I want to do. It's an FAR, first of all. Right. But I've told you now that you have that information. And I've had that situation, like, specifically with the tarmac waters, is we haven't had them. And they're like, well, you know, like, we're not going to have a problem getting out of here. Like, it's a small airport. I'm like, right, but when we get to our hub, which is one of the largest airports in the country, if we have a problem there, we won't have water. And that's a DOT fine per head on this aircraft. Right. And they both went, shit, you're right. Yeah. Like, yes, I am right. I know. Well, you know what the captain said to me today? I walked in. Which the, one? The first one. I walked in for the second um, potty break that they had. And he was like, he's just, he was playing with his Dunkin' Donuts um, coffee cup. And so it's like, I'm like a little bore there. 
And he was like, yeah. He's like, how's it going back there? I'm like, you know, same old. And he was like, I just don't know what it is to be a flight attendant. I was like, you should try it sometime. You won't make it. Like, one leg. No. They won't. There are some pilots that would. And every time, I will say this, every time I get a solid pilot, I tell them. Yeah. I do. Yeah. And I, oh, recently I was, um, I was chasing, but I was up front and I had a pilot come out, open the trash cart, pull it out, put it in himself and close it back up. And I looked at the girl up front and I was like, wow. I was like, that so rarely happens. Either they don't know how to open the cart or they throw it on the ground at my feet and I leave it there. I don't touch it. Yeah. I'm not your maid. I'm not. And so she said something to him about it. And he was like, yeah, you know, like I'm a, I'm a check airman now. So I try to teach the guys that I fly with to do that because like, it's been pointed out to me that that's a good thing. And I was like, I'm not your mom. Like I don't need to clean up after you. I have had pilots try to open it, but if I'm standing there, I'm like, if they, I've watched them struggle. If they try, if they're trying or if, like, or if they're like, Hey, excuse me. Like I gotta put this in. I'm like, Oh, here, I'll or like, it for can you. I give this to you? Right. It's like, it, you, I'll like, open it. You I can will, throw it out yourself. I will help you. But, but like, the ones that just throw it or like, just like my favorite is, out. my okay. favorite is when they throw it like right in front of the cockpit door. So I leave it there so they can't get out. Yeah. Like, no, that's your business. Boo boo. Like you take out and you know, the thing is, it's like, they have trash cans in the flight deck. It it's back to that pilot ego, man. They have trash cans in the flight deck. I know. Anyway, back to Sierra. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> Sorry. So like it seems like a tangent, but it's really not. It's it's not. Because it's all connected. So it's not just pilots, it's also flight attendants. Absolutely. So on the on the trip with Oh no, with you. Yes, or this morning? No. <laughs> this is day one, so it was either today Dear or God. a different trip. Who was I flying with? Damn it, I was on the shuttle. I was with Shelly. She was... Yeah, okay. So, on my on our two-day mm-hmm. with her and I. So, she and I... She was in the back this time. Nope. She was in the front. Nope, I was in the back. Nope. Yeah. So, that girl that was like, oh... Um, I can be up in the front of you, and it's like, oh no. <laughs> so she tells me, um, halfway through, or she tells me, yeah, she tells me like up in the air. She's like, this girl was not in her brace position for takeoff. She was reading a book. I was like, great. So me being me, when we got on the on the shuttle to the hotel. I was like, yeah, like we've been having a lot of issues with people not bracing, being on their phones, being on here, being that, breaking FARs, da 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 da. I made sure that she wasn't wearing headphones just so that I could say it loud enough. And the pilots were in the same shuttle as us. So I was basically telling the pilots mm-hmm. that I also wanted this girl to hear. She's con- she continued to do it. I told sh- I told our friend. I said, if you want to write a report, it's on you. She's been told that she shouldn't be she shouldn't be doing this. She knows what we do with that information. It is entirely up to her. Yeah. I can't I can't baby people. No. And that's the thing is we've all been through the same training. Mm-hmm. 
if it's not safety related, I'm not your mom. Exactly. If you're jeopardizing the safety of my flight, that's a different story. That's exactly what I tell people. Like, I'm not a, I'm not trying to snitch on anybody. If you want to break a company policy, that's all on you. That's you. That's you. And we all break the rules. We all do, to some extent. But we all know when, where, and how. Right. Like. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, but if when once you're breaking an FAR. That's a it, different story. It doesn't just affect you. It also affects, it affects me. Every single coworker that you have because it puts the certificate at jeopardy. Exactly. And so that I tell people, I was like, just FYI, you're breaking this FAR. So we haven't. It's a federal aviation regulation. Basically, the law, the FAA, the Federal Aviation Administration, has these laws in place for all of the airlines. So if, you, so if we have, if we break it, then there's a fine. There are fines that the airline has to pay or, or you personally the flight has to pay. So if it's like a conscious in your will sort exactly. of thing. Exactly. So like if we have an FAA inspector come on board and we break an FAR. Which I'm not going to lie is one of my biggest fears. Me too. In my job is, and like you know how I fly. Like I am very much by yeah. the book. But just having but the FAA on board terrifies me. But there's like so many FARs that we're not even aware of that we might be breaking. And, right. And they don't really train us on them as this is a hard fast rule. Right. Here it is. Right. This is how you do it. Right. It's just like, by the way, don't break an FAR. Good luck. Yeah. So like, uh, you know, like having the tarmac water, that's breaking, an, not having enough tarmac water is having, an, that's uh, breaking an FAR. Yep. So you as a flight attendant, if you tell the person, the pilot in command of the one that's in charge of the safety of the aircraft, the captain, if you tell him you've done your job. So if, you end something up, happens. Something happens, and you don't have enough tarmac water in your report. You're covered. You're covered. I told the captain. And that's like what happened, like when I was telling you, when they were like, oh, you're right. Right. He called ops. He was like, hey, can we send a company card up with a gate agent to go buy water in the terminal? They were like, no. We were like, all right, now what? Like, <laughs> okay. So, like, you know, so, like, as long as you... And, and then as long as you inform that other person, you're right. breaking an FAR, now you're covered, and they know. So, like, in your report... Which is exactly why, according to... What's her name? Right. Kathy. Yeah. Um, I have a stick up my ass. Right. Is because now I'm covered. I told you what the problem is. What you do with that information is all on you. I did my you. job. Exactly. So, anyway, so back to my little Sorry. scenario. Yes. Very long tangent. It's okay. Um, the captain, so the F, the first officer went to the back and quote, fixed the problem again. Oh, we're back to the bulkhead. Damn, yeah, that was a tangent. Okay. Yeah, that was a tangent. So he fixed the bulkhead. I love when they try to fix things themselves. And it was it, like, it stayed. Okay. I was like, a good start. I don't care. I told you I did my job. It's not, it's no longer wobbling around. It is what it is. It is what it is. At this point, I just want to get back, and I'm tired, and I'm going to sleep. On the note of them fixing things, um, I don't think it's necessarily an FAR, but it is a no-go. Um, the two lights out next to each other. Yes. So I had that, except they weren't next to each other. I had two separate lights that didn't work. And the FO came back, and he starts switching the light bulbs to see if it's just, like, 
the light bulb the bulb or if it's like an actual problem but then he puts them out the ones that are out next to each other and i was like well now we can't go anywhere but we could five minutes ago like what are you doing to me and and the fact that like we know this shit and they don't is (laughs) agitating to say (laughs) well the thing is it's like i feel like it's because we actually talk to maintenance about these issues and they just tell maintenance to fix it well, and like the issue that we had today with the lab compartment. Right. I went back there because we were going to start boarding suit and maintenance was like, okay, I see what you're saying, but here's where the seal is and it didn't affect where the gap was. Mm-hmm. And they were like, so we're still good. I'm like, awesome. Great. Thank you. And now I know for next time that like, if there right. is that gap, it's not a problem right? because I know where the seal is. Right. But like, they just try, I don't know. Pilots try to fix things on themselves because they have a God complex and they're wrong half the time. I and mean, like, we could do a whole episode on, on pilots. Next honestly. week with Liv and B. <laughs> exactly. So I had, um, so speaking of Sierra, it, it feels like this is just a bitching episode. And it kind of is. It kind of is, but that's okay. Uh, so the I had one flight attendant. So I was in the back. This flight attendant came on board. She, I can't remember exactly what I said to her. And, I, and the thing is, it's like, I know. I know I rub people the wrong way because I'm so forward and I'm so straight about everything. So people don't like that. They take offense to that, especially nowadays. Like, you can't say anything without somebody being offended, right? Sometimes they deserve to be offended. I mean, sometimes they do. But, like, but. if I'm telling you, hey, you should probably do XYZ because ABC. People get defensive. Exactly. And I'm, and I'm, like, and I'm not just saying, like, do this. Because I want you to do this. I'm telling right. you, do There's this. There's a why. Because da 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 So she was just not talking to me the entire flight, which I didn't really care anyway. Because <laughs> I'm not here to make friends. <laughs> so She says on the podcast with her friend. <laughs> but I mean, but I mean, I'm not, I'm not, I don't come to work to make friends. No. If I make friends. Cool. It's a plus, right? Right. So she comes to the back lab and I had... I had, she was in charge of that galley, I believe, or I was in charge. I can't remember. Anyway. But in the back. In the back, yeah. So um, I had checked the labs prior to takeoff. Everything was fine. Then it was you. Right. <laughs> yeah, that was You me. were in charge. Yeah, it was, that was me. Um, so she goes in into one of them, and <laughs> she calls the front, or she, she just randomly says, it's like, there's like water coming out from like behind the wall. And I was like, well, that's not good. (laughs) (laughs) So she like leaves, right? So she like walks to the front. The girl in the front calls me. It's like, so like there's water in in the lab. And I was like, she said it, but like, I don't see it. So I go in there, right? And I, I only see like specks of, iced like icicles basically right where coming from behind the um the seafoam compartment okay okay so i'm like well this is weird so i open was i working this with you maybe were you working with the me? tube was disconnected yes right? okay tube. okay okay <laughs> who I know that this happened, but I don't remember who it was, but I was up front. You were up front. Yeah. Yeah. It was you. Okay. How did I forget this? But anyway, you were up front. Yeah. So like, I, so like, I cross you're like, so like, it's like, what? Like, I don't know. Like, what the hell? Wait, the up front is me. They're just connected. 
from last week, okay? I know. So then I opened the bag and the tube is disconnected from the air conditioning. The air vent, yeah. Yes. Like, and so we had a deadheading pilot on that one and he comes to the back and tries to fix it. And so I tell him, it's like, B, coincidentally, is his name. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's like back there trying to fix it and I was like, all you have to do is like put the thing back, the in. back in. Yeah, and he goes like, oh yeah, you're right. And I was like, if she would have asked, if this girl would have asked me. Who was it? I can't remember. I need her. But I know that this happened because I yes, specifically you were. remember the two being disconnected mm-hmm. from the lab air vent. The thing is, it's like because we're in the cabin and we deal with a whole bunch of crap already, mm-hmm. we know exactly what's wrong with the plane. Yeah. But nobody listens. Nobody listens. Like, even when we do pre-flights, if we're like, this is what's wrong. Like, I am one that I always report when the circuit breaker collars are broken because no one else does. So they stay broken. So I say, hey, by the way, this circuit breaker, the collar's broken, which basically, like, the collar is when it's pulled so that circuit breaker does no longer work. It's like a safety mechanism to keep it from being activated again. So if it's broken, it should probably be fixed. Right. I always report those. And I tell the captain, this number of this circuit breaker, the collar is broken. Every single freaking time, maintenance comes on with no supplies. And they're like, so what's up? And I'm like, like I said, this number of this circuit breaker, the collar is broken. And they go, oh, okay. And they walk off to go get the supplies that they need. Like, I could have saved you a trip. Exactly. But no one listens. No one listens to us the other day. (sighs) What was I saying the other day? I told the captain, I was like, lab X is missing A, B, C. Was it like a... a Like a placard. Okay. It was missing a placard, and it was missing something else. I can't remember what else. Probably the handicap accessible one. No, it was the trash one. But it was like missing... It was missing like one placard and like some other stuff. Mm -hmm. So I tell him, I was like, this is what I'm missing, A, B, C. They could bring it from downstairs. Exactly. Save the trip. Exactly. Save some time. <laughs> and then they're like, um, okay, so maintenance comes up, and he was like, so what are you missing? And I was like, we covered this. Why don't you listen? I was in Atlanta one time, and I reported a circuit breaker caller, and maintenance comes up, and we were in the middle of boarding, and he's like, well, this, this delay is going to be on you because it's a late report. And I was like, joke's on you. This isn't even my job to report. I'm just letting you know. And he, like, tried to cop it down to with me. We weren't even delayed, so he was just being a drama king that didn't want to do his job, but whatever. So I had, um, you know, where we have the, the uh, survival kit. Yeah. It has to stay in open. In the front or the back? In the front or in the back. It doesn't matter. Like, oh. it just, like, when you open up the flap, it has to stay open. Yeah. So it wasn't staying open, right? Mm. I can't remember where it was. That happened to me on a lifeline one time. Yeah, so I, I, I can't remember where it was. I told the captain, I was like, hey, my survival kit compartment is not staying open. I need maintenance. So maintenance comes. He goes like, okay, so he tries, tries tries to fix it. So CRM just not only, it's not only for pilots and flight attendants, it's also for gate agents, it's also for It's literally for anyone Everyone. that the company touches. Like the line of communication is so important. And I wish sometimes we had like a direct line to maintenance. Because we could save so much time. The gate agents don't know what we're talking about. The pilots have no idea. Even today with our ice nonsense. Right. Like, I mean, that gate agent already had an attitude, so we were off to a bad start. But if we could have just been like, hey, connect me to LSG. Please. I need this. It would have been done. Yeah. 
So the the maintenance comes on board. He tries to quote fix my survival kit compartment. He can't fix it. The captain's like, he's like, it's not fixable. It's supposed to be like this. I was like, all right, I did my job. What do you even do in that situation? You Uh, can't put it in another one. No, you can't. So the rule is, I think for any airline, is if you don't have a survival kit, you cannot fly um, up to like 50 miles off the coast. Oh, Thankfully, okay. So, so he's like, it's like it's still you can still open it, and I was like, okay, fine, whatever. Like I did my job. He came and he said it's not right. It's not going to be able to fix or the whatever. Flight plan is not your problem. Like whatever, and we weren't going over water anyway, so it didn't really matter. So he left it alone. I was like, okay, cool. We get to our destination, which is one of our maintenance bases, and he was and so maintenance comes on board for something else and i was like hey can i ask you like a favor and he was like sure it's like can you like check this out right here because the station here said that this was not fixable and he was like sure so he looks at it and he's like no we can totally fix it he like fixed it in five seconds and i was like great thanks that's also like another like it's like i know my job and I but have, no one else is held accountable to do theirs. And I am, and I, and I have been doing this fourteen years this year. And I just like wish that they would take flight attendants more seriously. Absolutely. In everything that we report, mind you, there are there is the exception of like people who just report things to report things. Okay, but for example, on this note, like I think it was. It might have been when we recorded the last episode, but we were flying together and I called you and I said, hey, Mm -hmm. I smell this. Can you come back here and take a whiff? And you did. And you were like, it's fine. It's fine. It was, it was just, but that's CRM. Yeah. Like before we escalate things, we're going to talk about it. Right. And okay, cool. Things are normal. Yeah. It was really strong, but we're good. Right. Okay, great. Like, and that's literally the entire point of CRM is to like talk about it, be on the same page. You can't, like, you can't just go through, especially when you have positions that you have to work. Like the front of the cabin is the communicator to the flight deck. Mind you, if there's something going on in the back that you absolutely have no time to call me for the media to call them, go ahead and call them. Like if there's a fire back there, like just do what you got to do. But at the same time, like, you know, if you're unsure of a certain smell, talk about unsure, it first. Ask your other crew members. We had that problem once. Uh, me and C were working. Um, uh, it was a New Orleans play, I think. And there was a odor that was like distinctly burning smell, but there was no smoke. There was no decreased visibility. It just smelled like almost like burning hair. Which was kind of weird, so we didn't know if it was like someone just flat ironed their hair too much or what it was, but it was a very specific section of the aircraft, and it was a very dominant odor. No one had any sort of like nail polish remover out or anything like that. Covered all of our bases, and we're all talking about it, and there are a couple of guys that we're flying with were like, well, I feel like it's not like that strong anymore, and we're like, that doesn't mean it's not a problem, so like... I was up front, so I was constantly in contact with the pilots, and we're like, this is what it smells like. We cannot isolate it. So they're like, all right, cool. We're going to bleed the air. We're going to tell me if it goes away or if we still smell it, walk in five minutes. 
okay, cool, we're going to walk in five minutes. And, like, that constant communication is the only thing that keeps everybody on the same page. And it turned out to be not a big deal. We think we had to do an AQE at the end of it. Um, the like, thing is, it's, the like... The debrief. But right. we think it was, like, a slide pack leaned up against the air so it smelled like burn, but nothing right. was happening. And the thing is, it's, like... It, and this is a big problem with the air buses. Mm-hmm. And it's mainly with the air buses. I think there is something similar with the um, with Boeing, um, but that could be another episode. <laughs> oh, that would be a good one. Be a good, because it's not very well known. It's air toxic. Um, what is it called? Air toxic. I can't remember right now. Oh, I'm like freaking sick. I just meant like Boeing v Airbus. No, no, episode. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, cool. Yeah. Um. Um, so unless people are actually educated on these fume events, you don't know what's happening. You just don't know what's happening. It messes with your CO2 levels too. Right. Like, well, and that's the problem. Like that one day that I called you, mm-hmm. I didn't call you until I heard someone cough. Mm-hmm. And then I went, okay, I smell it. Someone's coughing. I'm going to relay. Yeah. And it also goes back to where like the company tells us. It's smelling like X, Y, Z, but in but reality, it changes. in reality, it changes by person. Right. Because uh, my partner had a fume event, and his whole crew was like, they had headaches, they had coughing, veins were sticking out oh, in their no. forehead. It was like bad, right? And um, and he wasn't. He was feeling fine. He had a slight headache, but he thought it was because he hadn't eaten. Right. You know, and I was, but they all went to the hospital, and guess what? He had the highest CO2 level than everybody else. Really? So it's just like, even if you do have it, like, the thing is, like, it's communication. If right. You're, if you're not feeling it, or even if, if, even if it isn't just a fume event, but even if it's, like, anything, if you're not feeling, you have to communicate to everybody. because In case ever, someone else is. If everybody is, like, looking at the same thing, then it's something. Right. You know? And, like, I kind of gaslight the shit out of myself in that department because like I get headaches regardless of whether or not I'm working or having a fume event or whatever. Right. So I'm like, oh, I just have a headache. Right. But like also I smell something and then right. like, hmm, all of the dots kind of connect. So and it's it, and you, so and hard. Like, if you're not working with the crew that you're 100% comfortable with, like how yeah. do you bring it up? Because people think you're just being dramatic. Exactly. And that goes Or have back, a stick up your ass. And, that's, and that goes back to like not taking your job seriously. Enough. Yeah. At the end of the day, like there, there are people, there are flight attendants who are here because they enjoy the job and the safety aspect of aspect of it. There's people that kind of are like so. There's the ones that enjoy and are interested in the safety aspect. There's other ones that are just here merely because they think it's a position of you look them looking at you pretty. They like the uniform. You want to get and the MRS from the captain. I feel like captain. that's so many. And that is so many new of, of our like of our new people. Right, and then there's like you know somewhere where like people fall in between. Yeah, they like they don't want to ruffle any feathers with the seniors, but they also like feel like there's things that they should be doing right. to more. And it's it, if you're in the middle, it puts you in a very uncomfortable position. It's like, do I want to ruffle feathers, or do I want to do my job properly? Because I've been in the position myself where right. I'm the only one right. that's prioritizing the utmost and safety then, aspect of something. Yes. 
And it's like, well, I could say something, but now I'm the bitch. Right. And it's and it's just like, it puts you in a hard position because you're like, now you're the tattletale. You're the right. one that writes reports. You're the one that like, you know. And like, that's why when I fly and I am... In the front? In the front and I'm in charge that like, if somebody says something to me, regardless of whether or not I think it has any validity, I'm going to treat it like it does. Right. And if it doesn't, okay, that's fine. I was just relaying the information. Right. But, like, because I've been the person who's relaying it and the person who's receiving it does not care. Right. I try, like, you know, when I'm in, I mean, I mean for, because of the position that I'm in, um, when somebody comes to me, I'm like, we got you. I got you. Yeah. And you can tell me literally anything and I'd be like, okay. yes, this, yes, no, or, like, no, because of this. Or you, right. I got your back. And if I have to relay it, and if I don't think it's necessarily that situation, I'll say, I'm not 100% convinced, but I'm letting you know that someone else told me this is how they're right. perceiving the situation. And I will find out the information. For right. You. Like, it's all about the communication, and, like, people just don't get that sometimes. Exactly. And it makes it so difficult. And the other thing is, it's like, even even if I, like today, let's say today, so we had a, the captain deadheading. One of the, yeah. we, we had three pilots that heading, two of them were captains. The one that he was like sitting in row five or six, I think that V told you about, he like yeah. came up to the front. So he's like, yeah, so the girl, or so the lady that's sitting next to me has like a really tight connection. Can you make an announcement? And I was like, well, I can make it, but I can't guarantee you right. that people will stay seated for those tight connections. Mind you, our airlines won't make, won't let you make connecting flight or we'll make won't let you make reservations if the connecting flight is time too, is short. too short right? but at the same time back to passengers are dumb right you guys keep me in a job great thank you but like sometimes people are dumb and they make the connection on their own so they'll book one flight, flight and, and then, then one flight separately right. and it wouldn't have let like you make you, that connection because you you're not going to make it yeah exactly so i mean most of all, not most all of our Connecting flights today had more than an hour, right? Oh, see, the one in the back told me she had 30 minutes. No, so they started boarding 30 minutes after we landed. Ah. So, mind you, we landed early, but then we sat up on the tarmac for a little bit because right. we had to navigate. Yeah. Well, I moved her up anyway. She yeah. ended up in row 10. Yeah. So, like, the thing is, it's like, let me do my job. So, he, this captain, kept, like, staring at us and kept staring at us and, like, are you making an announcement? I was like, I will make it when I right. land. When it's time. Like, I'm not going to make it before. Because nobody's going to listen. I will make it when I know people are... On the arrival announcement. Exactly. <laughs> and that's what I did. And then I said it again when I opened the door. Dee told me that he had, that the captain had said something, but he didn't tell yes. me that he was, like, eyeballing like making sure that we were keeping up on it so when we so you know when we landed finally and i thought that we were at the gate just yes. for marshallers that's when i made that announcement right and then a captain came on the pa and said so like, shortly after i know i was like, I was like oof oof i'm like well you know it is what it is so i called him and i was like hey i'm just pretending to call you at this point because i really can't do anything and i know you can't do anything but we have connections can you like pretend to check with ops or like i'm just calling you to like make the move like save face basically essentially because like there's nothing he can do no like the company if knows, we don't have a gate we don't have a gate exactly and the company knows that like 
we have connecting passengers. Right. And they're not going to And hold, it's their call. Exactly. And they're not going to hold the plane for, for like one. one person. For like 15, maybe. 20. Maybe. Of course. But like, you know, like it just depends. So he's like, okay, well, thanks for sharing. And I'm just like. <laughs> He could have been sure. like, he could have been like, okay, I'll give you a call. I'll see what I can do. Or like not. You could just say, I'll right. see what I can do and then do nothing. Exactly. That's fine. Exactly. So, I was like, okay. Didn't need that, you know. Um, but yeah, it just, it's just There's so much. Which is like why it boils down to working with people that you know and like, like, yeah. working with people that you know, and not only that you know, but that you trust, yes. can make or break our trip. Like, it changes the entire dynamic exactly. of everything. Exactly. And I just, I can't, I, I, I get so discouraged from telling people when they're breaking FARs, because our new people take offense to everything. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, dude. I'm not telling you this because I want to get you in trouble. I'm telling you this so that so you, that you stop out. doing it and that you don't get in trouble. Right. Yeah, it's rough. And I mean, that also boils down to like a training department issue. Like that's true. Yeah. That should be taught better. Right. It was just, but, just like, uh, yeah. Anyway. Anyway. Uh, are you done venting? What? <laughs> this was a fun episode. Like it was a good topic. Like you said, crew members, and I was like, ooh, let's do it. And this is like. <laughs> Not necessarily the route I thought it was going to go, but... But here we are. Overall enjoyable. I feel like it was mostly like a pilot bashing episode. <laughs> I mean, no, we can have a whole separate episode for that. Like, right. We got stories, don't worry. Do not worry. Uh, are you watching anything? Oh, you said you just watched that K-drama. Oh my god. Yes, I did. So, if anyone wants to feel something or whatever, uh, crash landing on you, go do it. Just commit. Do it. Literally life-changing. Wait, what did you say? There's only 16 episodes. <laughs> only 16 episodes, and they are, at minimum, an hour and, like, 18 minutes long. <laughs> only 16. But there's... Oh, my God. It was so good, dude. And, like, they're together... The couple's together in real life, so it's just, Aww, like, a little extra... Right. Oomph of pure. Oh, that's so cute. Obsessed. Please, everyone, go do it. Wait, what book are you reading? I'm currently reading the new Ruth Ware called... Give me a second. Um, I think it's It Girl. Okay. I don't know. It's something about uh, like this college group of friends. One of them got murdered. They thought they found the murderer. Way years later, he has a heart attack and dies. I'm only like a, a few chapters in, but basically it's not going to be him. Mm-hmm. And the friend group is covering something up. Ooh. So like, I know what you did last summer. Pretty much. A spin on that, we'll say. Okay. What am I watching? I am... Outlander. Well, I mean, I've watched that. I think I just have to catch up on season six. Season six is wild. I think if I... I watched them, like, as they came out week by week. But if I remember right, there was a huge cliffhanger. And I was really mad about it. (laughs) First of all, I don't like the the theme song for, like, season five's in, like... I didn't like five, but I'm I like six. Do you like six? Um, I didn't like six because at first because they change in one of the verses, she to he, mm-hmm. and I was like, this is about Claire. This is Claire's song. You do not change this. Well, have you heard? But the, it grew on me. Have you heard the song that it is based on? Mm, maybe like once. I did look it up once. Yeah, 
I'm so it's like such a really nice song. But anyway, so I so I need to catch up on Outlander. Um, Do you watch The Bachelorette? No, I don't have cable. I don't either, but I watch it on Hulu. Hulu? Yeah, it's just one of those good like I don't really have to pay attention to it dramas, but long story short, they have two Bachelorettes this season. Ooh. One of them's pilot. So I'm here for that because yeah. I'm always here to support our girly pilots. Yeah. Yeah. We could also have a whole other episode on girl pilots. Oh, yes. Yeah. Uh, let's see. So that's really, there's really nothing that I'm watching currently because I just do reruns of Downton Abbey. Well, if you want to cry your eyes out, highly recommend Crash Landing <laughs> on You. Uh, let's, and then reading wise, um, I was reading Viola because I, I do a book club like mm-hmm. a month. So we did Viola Davis, um, Finding Me last month, and then I think we're doing Will Smith's book this month. Yeah. But since I'm going on vacation at the end of the month, I told them I would not be able to join them. Fair. But I did find the next book for the book club at the Dollar Tree. Nice. So I bought 10 copies, and I will be shipping them <laughs> out. Be like, you don't have to purchase it. Here you go. I tried book club one time, and it was like a like a mail forwarding book club so like you mail your book to this one person and then it kind of like rotates no this is in the circle yeah i discovered that i did not like being told what i had to read next (laughs) so like for us it's it's different because it's so it's about seven or eight of us Mm -hmm. and each of us chooses a book yeah every month like every you know and so we just read it, and it's been mostly like POCs, authors. Love it. Which is great. Um, and I think we like, we read like Mexican Gothic, we've read um, The Mothers, we've read uh, Lovecraft Country. Mm-hmm. Like we've read so many good books that, uh, that I would not otherwise read. Have picked up. Because of the genre that I usually pick, which yeah. is mostly like stupid romance <laughs> that I can read on the plane right. because I don't have to pay attention to it. You know? Yeah. Um, so it's just, it's it's a good way because it's all basically POCs. It's a good way to like get out of your box. Right, yeah. And That's it's good. Been, they've been good books, so. Anyway. Love it. Do you have anything else to say? See you next week. Oh, are you coming back? <laughs> I mean, no, because you'll be on vacation next week, but. I mean, but you're coming back. I mean, yeah, eventually. <laughs> All right. So don't forget to follow us on Instagram at the Flight Attendant Podcast. Look at Twitter at Stay Safe, Fly Safe. You can email us at theflightattendantpodcast at gmail.com. You can listen on Amazon Music, Apple Music, Spotify, Google Podcast, and pretty much anywhere else you listen to podcasts. Everybody, stay safe, fly safe. Thanks for joining me. Of course, anytime. Have fun, be safe, friends. And stay safe, fly safe. Bye.